Hello, I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we discuss the greatest and latest books written by or about women, and this is episode 6.5, which you'll notice is actually our bonus book rec show, which happens on the fifth Wednesday of the month. I feel like it came so quickly this time. Yeah, it's because it, it did. <laughs> like two months. I think there's another one in November. And when we decided to do this, we didn't realize how many there were in the second half of the year. But the summer went by so quickly anyway. It did. I mean, we're about into like our, what, fourth month? Yeah. 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 Wow. It's just crazy. It's just. And we sound like little ladies. Um, So how, how does this rec show work? So what happens is that you our beloved listeners send us requests for book recommendations and then we give you book recommendations um we try to make sure that they're books that we've read or you know we just find whatever we think is the best fit for your question so if you know whatever topic if you're looking for a book in a specific genre by a specific author we will find those recommendations for you and if you want to be featured on the next future show, please send us your questions by whatever social media channel you prefer, email, whatever, and we will get back to you. Um, if we do not use your question on that podcast, we will email you our book recommendations so you still have them and can use them. Um, but before we actually get into our questions, we have a few announcements and we want to make sure to get them in before the end of the month. So we're going to do them now instead of the next uh, podcast. Yep, yep. So the first one, uh, I guess me, oh, right, um, is the Women Writers uh, Twitter chat. Um, that's hashtag women underscore writers. Um, you'll see that we post about it on our different social media, but it is a chat to promote female authors and what they do, their books. And each month there's a theme. So like Women in Translation for August, or July, sorry, in preparation for August, which is Women in Translation Month. And then we just had our most recent one was about do-it-yourself marketing. And you get on there and you answer questions and you interact with other people. And it's just really amazing. Um, We will have a um, link to an article about it in our show notes. So you can go check that out and get more information yeah. yeah and that article is super cool from the guardian yeah. is that right yeah because it, it, it is amazing it's based in europe so like it's actually at 12 p.m mm-hmm. on whatever um the next one september 28th so it's at 12 p.m for us who live in the states on the eastern standard time um because the, they live in the other two um people who volunteer for it live in the uk my news which we're so excited about is that kendra's coming to see me Ooh, road trip but that's not the real news. Um, well, it kind of is a real news. This, the weekend after this podcast releases as the first weekend of September is the Decatur book festival. And Kendra is making the haul from Greenville to come and see me. So it's in Decatur, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And so we are going to spend the whole weekend hobnobbing with, you know, Rebecca Traster and and Jacqueline Woodson and, and V.E. Schwab. And just, you know, just... Sharon oh, Creech. Yeah. I could yeah. go on. And so... <laughs> Alexander Chi. All the cool kids will be there. So if you're in the Atlanta area <laughs> so um, or you're there, find us. Like, send us a tweet and we would love to meet you. And we are going to... 
And by we, I mean me. I'm going to try to post some on Instagram stories and on our Twitter throughout the weekend so y'all can get a taste of kind of what's going on while we're there. We are super, super, super excited about this. Yeah, we've been planning this for a while, and I basically just told Sam, so I guess I'm just going to go see Autumn in September. He's like, oh, I was like, yeah, this is a thing. Okay. Actually, okay. <laughs> haven't we been planning this for a year? I think so, because last time you went, you had, you were in the play, and so. Oh, that's right. You and we had just moved. Yeah. Yeah. So I am saving up my pennies and trying not to spend too much money on books, but, you know. <laughs> well, and last year we missed Roxanne Gay, so after that we were like, never, ever, ever again. <laughs> but it's Rebecca Traster this time. Who, I like, know! Like, you can't, you can't make this up. Like, we recommend her book almost on every show, and we could have done it at this show, but we, I mean, we didn't because we figured you'd heard enough about all the single ladies. Which you should read. Read yes. all the single ladies. Yeah. If she signs my book, I think I'm going to melt to the ground and die. <sighs> Happy. So if you don't see anything on social media, it's because we both had heart attacks because we were so excited. <laughs> yep. Yep. I guess it is anyway. our first question, um, which is from Jay. Our super fan. Okay, so the question from Jay is, I am looking for a classic novel that deals with the struggle to be a modern woman and one who abides by familial slash societal expectations. So, Kendra. My first, and my first pick, is my only pick, sorry. The first pick of the two of us, we're each going to give you one. Yeah, so the first one is Sister Carrie. Now, I wasn't sure if the struggle was to abide by family expectations or one that fought against those. I wasn't quite sure. So Sister Carrie does not. I'm just, no. But um, she does struggle against her family. So the idea um, is written by Theodore Dreiser. And she, Carrie, moves from the country to the city. Um, I think it's Chicago. It could be some other city up there. Who knows? Whatever. It's the turn of the century. Um, and she goes to live with her sister and her very oppressive brother-in-law who freaks out that she sits on the stoop because she has to get out of the tiny apartment because he says it's improper. And she finds this job in a factory and she doesn't like it. And eventually she meets this very suave man and just goes to live with him um, and is a quote-unquote kept woman. Um, what I find interesting about it is that way society is structured at the time a woman could work in a factory and never go anywhere or she could actually it was easier to be a kept woman which whatever your feelings on that I don't really think a woman should need a man to be able to get where she wants to go so obviously that's a critique on society and I think that Theodore Dreiser knew that but who really knows what he intended and who cares at this time i can't believe i just said that anyway <laughs> i'm not a postmodernist though anyway so i um i did actually really love this book and i was very surprised because i'm not really big into naturalism um i'm more of a like american naturalism a more britlet lover but i started reading this novel and i couldn't stop reading it and i actually voluntarily wrote a paper on it which doesn't usually happen that's a big deal right 
I was like, oh, I could write about it for this class. And then I could actually write a paper on it, which I want to do. And it's not the class I actually read the book in. And anyway, that's really the highest compliment I can give it. Especially since I know you, uh, Jay, that you're in grad school. So and you'll understand that. He will understand. Yeah. Well, my recommendation also has grad school ties because I, well, I was going to say, I should read Sister Carrie, but, like, it's really hard for me to read after reading, oh, Roxana and, um, what's the name of that other book now? Roxana, Mall Flanders. Mall Flanders. Oh, That's the class that Josh bailed on. I was like, I never want to read this ever again as long as I live. So, anyway, my recommendation, though, is from this era, and it is Evelina by... Is it Evelina? Did we decide on that? I think it's... We'll say it's Evelina. We'll say it's Evelina by Fanny Burney. And she is actually the predecessor to Jane Austen, which is a fun fact. I I read this book, and quite honestly, I don't remember why I liked it. <laughs> Truthful. I gave it four stars on Goodreads, which is a really high rating. But this was before I actually like started writing out reviews. So anyway, um, but it is about it is a similar kind of story, and like it's about a girl, but it's about a girl who like enters society in 18th century London, and it's an epistolary novel, and she just kind of talks about how difficult it is to be a woman in this society when you're viewed as kind of like a a sex object yeah yeah like a sex object and just how perilous that is and just how difficult that is and I remember being fun and enjoyable and not did not make me want to pull my hair out um that's a good sign yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah, so that's Evelina by Fanny Burney. So try it out. See what you think. Let us know. Yeah, because in your spare time, we know you'll have a lot to read. It's hard, though. <laughs> like, it is just so hard to read these novels. Like, kudos to you, Jay, for even wanting to read books from this era. Yeah, and honestly, I did I did a lot of LibriVox for Sister Carrie, and that was also entertaining. That, All that's a story. LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. <laughs> yeah. We'll say this story for later in the wide variety of people that read it. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so question two um, is from Melissa from Instagram. And she says, I love fiction books about communal living, living off the grid, back to the earth basics, farming, mountain life, etc. I'd love to hear some fiction recommendations. And Autumn Okay, so my recommendation is Saints at the River by Ron Rash, who is also going to be at the Decatur Book Festival this weekend, by the way. Um, I think that, so I really do love Ron Rash, and this still fits our theme of books by or about women. And so this book is about a woman who lives in very, very rural at the border of Georgia and South Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she, like, it's it's off the grid. Um, and so it's, like, the town has been the same as it was for, I think, like, since her great-grandparents' time, something like that. So you find out on the first pages that this 
family that's there on vacation, their daughter drowns in the river. Um, and that's not a spoiler. It's um, like happens, I think, on the first page. Um, so she, the main character, who's Maggie, it just follows her as she's trying to navigate her own feelings about her surroundings and the land and the place and the river and then her family and then her community and like being a woman in this community. I loved it. It was so good. And he does a really good job of explaining or thinking about this tension between the way things always have been and the way things are now, especially in the South. And I just love this book so much. It was the first novel of his that I read, and I just love it. I, I really need to read him. I haven't read him yet. Don't hate me. He's probably the greatest contemporary Southern writer at this time, in my opinion. If someone else has a different opinion, feel free to let me know, and I will <laughs> read some other stuff. <laughs> Ping and five. So my pick is totally different. Um, it's by Lauren Groff of Fates and Furies fame, and she wrote Arcadia, which is about a kid named Bit. Yes, Bit. But that is, he's named Bit because um, it's the 1960s, and his parents live in a commune. And he is the first child born in Arcadia. And the book novel spans over uh, much of his lifetime and into the future, actually. So it starts... In the late 1960s, early 1970s, when he's living as a kid <coughs> in the commune, and it's really weird. Just, just really, I mean, it's a commune, but it's also written in the first person. So it's really hard. I did the audiobook. Not surprised. No one's surprised about this. <laughs> I should just start noting if I actually read it in print, because I think that would be more effective. Anyway, so that is set to... I wouldn't say Tim a little boy, but he's just so interesting. And I I don't really like communal books. Like, I really hate cult books and whatever. But this book I really, really liked. And I don't really know why. Maybe it's because Lauren Goff is a genius. But um, I highly recommend it. It's definitely off-the-grid farming, whatever. Like, they have to figure out um, how to, you know live off the land and there's this weird like leader of their commune and just a lot of interesting stuff and you never would have think like how would you you know outside of modern conveniences how would you live and whatnot and so forth and then also it moves forward into the future um post-commune kind of deal and you get to see like how that would affect people and blah 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 I'm trying not to get spoilers but it's it's really good so um, and it has a great cover yes yes it does um and that is Arcadia by Lauren Groff. So then our next question is from Mary. From Mary. We love you, Mary. Hi, Mary. Her question is, what is the best newly published book from this year and why? I haven't been reading a whole lot, but I just started The Diary of Henrik, 84 and a half year old. It's hilarious. Must also be available in the UK. So Kendra. Right. I chose I chose Shelter by Jung Yoon, which I know I've already talked about as new books, but the more I think about it and it sits and the more author interviews I listen to and it just it gets better with time rather than me forgetting it, it becomes more vivid in my mind. And to me that's one of the best 
characteristics of amazing novel is that it just sticks with you. So Shelter is about... Do you have a copy of this book? No, no, but oh. I did just order one today. I, I was going to borrow your copy, but never mind. <laughs> I did order it today. Oh, okay. Can so, I borrow your copy? <laughs> sure. You can borrow my copy. Thanks, Kendra. <laughs> no problem. Anyway, continue. It's our life. Um, so I was mentioning... Oh, yes. Okay. So Kyung... I'm sorry, it's not the right intonation, but Kyung um, is... A second-generation American, his parents immigrated. His dad was top of his class, basically, in Korea. And then they moved over. Um, and uh, Kyung Mu marries an Irish-American girl. And they're having house like uh, mortgage problems. And they're going to have to sell their house. So while the realtor was there, uh, Kyung looks up and his mom is naked and running to the house. And obviously he freaks out. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on, and he, when he reaches her, he realizes that she has been abused, and she almost has frostbite because she's running around um, in the middle of the night, and he has no idea what's going on. Um, so after this event, uh, he ends up having to spend more time with his parents because of the violence uh, that occurred that I won't talk about. Spoilers. But this novel just grips you. And I've heard people call it suburban noir because it has a thriller-like feel, um, but I don't, I don't care what you call it. It is an amazing book. Um, and it grips you from the moment you start reading. And I didn't realize until the very end what she was doing with her characterization of the protagonist until the last paragraph. And I was sitting there like in awe thinking about it. And I mean, this is what I do. Normally I see these things and I didn't see it until then. And I was just like, that's amazing. You know, like, I just can't even. So this is by far the best, for me, where I am at in life, one of the best novels I've read, period. Not just this year, but so I, I love it. I can't wait to read if it. I meet her, like she, she has tweeted back at me, you know, and I about died. Like I take screenshots <laughs> of these things and like I just want to put it like next to like Garth Nix. <laughs> So, I have a confession to make. Yes. <laughs> this is so sad. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> so, it is almost September, and I have yet to read any books published this year. Oh, my goodness. I'm so you read, embarrassed. You read, you read all the single ladies? I did. I did. That's true. That's the only one. one. <laughs> As then. <laughs> I feel so bad. I was looking through my list and I was like, oh yeah, surely there's one. And I was like, oh wait, this is sad. And like last year this time I'd read like eight. So I don't know what my deal is this year, but so sorry, Mary, but I'm going to have to pick a book from last year. Um, and I'm going to recommend to you Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Now, let me say that I know that some people have mixed feelings about this, and even I kind of have mixed feelings about this, but I loved the story so much that it trumps any mixed feelings that I have, if that makes sense. Um, so this is a novel about, it's like a post-apocalyptic novel, and there is a, um, oh, what kind of, it's like this, this, oh, it's a flu, that's right. So there's this flu that like breaks out and is an epidemic Actually, I think it's a pandemic and like tons and tons and tons 
of people die. And so it follows the story of this this girl as she's like navigating like this post flu world. But the cool part about it is that as she, so as like she's wandering like trying to find like trying to survive, she meets up with this Shakespeare troupe that's going around like performing um in the midst of like this fallout from this horrible tragedy. So it's this really cool story about like what Shakespeare does in these communities. And then there's like three or four other different subplots going on. Um, but I just loved it. Like I, and I don't really like post-apocalyptic novels. Um, <laughs> I read the, the road and I didn't know what I was getting into and it kind of scarred me. So <laughs> it's not my favorite genre, but I, this one won me over. And like since reading station 11, I've been much more open and loved like dystopian post-apocalyptic fiction so much more than I did before. Have you read this one? Yeah. yeah. Did you? I did the audio. Did you like yeah. it? Oh, that's right. You gave it five stars. Did you stars. the audio or did you read it? No, I read it. So anyway, I love Station Eleven. It is so good. I know it's in the UK because there's a pink deer on the cover, and I just think that's kind of strange. Um, but... She also writes for Emily St. John Mendel for The Millions, the really? website The Millions. Wow. Yeah, she does. So if you want like more stuff from her, um, you can find it there. So that is Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mendel. So here's our last question, um, and it is from Claire. She says, what is your number one must-read basic for beginnings book about food? Uh, for someone who has never heard of Michael Pollan and or Joel Salatin and has never watched a food documentary. So the book that I'm going to recommend is actually a book that I gave Kendra for Christmas. <laughs> she is much more into this than me. And I saw this and I was like, Kendra has to have this book. Um, so it is called Consider the Fork, How Technology Transforms the Way That We Cook and Eat. I've not read this book, but I want to read this book. But it looks amazing. So basically what, and it's by B. Wilson, and what she does is she follows like how things like pots and spoons and forks have changed how we eat and what we eat. Um, it looks amazing and incredible, and it seems like it, based off the description, it seems like it kind of starts at the beginning and kind of like tracks like the history of food, like what obviously like since it's talking about like why we eat what we eat it kind of starts like way 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 back and is like okay this is what people ate in this period and this is how it changed when this implement was introduced and on and on and on down the line so i think if someone's interested in learning uh about food that this would be a great place to start especially because i don't think that we often consider how important something like a fork is to what we eat that sounds pretty cool I mean, it's I haven't I haven't haven't read it yet. It's still yeah. sitting in my TBR bookshelf by my couch. I feel shamed. Maybe it's I'll okay. read. As a side note, if um, there's a document. Speaking of documentaries, there's one on Netflix called Mind of a Chef, and um, David Chang, who's the executive chef at the Momofuku in New York, he talks a lot about noodles and like noodles and chopsticks and why people eat noodles and stuff kind of ties into this super interesting stuff. 
not as boring as you would think it would be. So that was Consider the Fork by B. Wilson. Which brings me, actually, to my second, the second pick. Well, see, the thing is, is that I am going to suggest Michael Pollan, but I couldn't pick which one, so I'm going to do a little twofer here, because I think they're two si- they're sides of the same coin here. So the first one is Omnivore's Dilemma, which is the history of food and four meals. So he takes like a processed meal, an organic meal, um, a naturally like grown meal. Um, because if you read Omnivore's Dilemma, you'll realize that organic um, can be just as commercialized. And I have a lot of food allergies and basically can't eat anything in the world. Um, I live on gluten-free toast and holistic peanut butter. <laughs> um, so... I really love this book because it's communicating to a wider audience why I have the food allergies and whatever that I do. And he talks about the importance of holistic food and eating less processed food. It doesn't matter like if you cut out gluten or soy or whatever. If you eat less processed food, period, you're just going to cut out a lot of those anyway. So whatever. Um, And then Cooked is basically a love letter to food. And he arranges it by fire, water, earth, and air. And you see like the methods of cooking. So you see cooking with fire, cooking with water, cooking with earth, so like fermentation, and then um, um, and pickling, and I guess that is fermentation. Anyway, and air. And you get to see all the different types of foods that way. And I actually read Cooked first. Um, and he reads the audiobook, and it is just amazing. And you get to have all of this food just it just was wonderful and they made cooked into a documentary for netflix so you could just follow it up with that it's amazing um so that is cooked and also the omnivore's dilemma both by michael pollan is that it did we answer all the yeah. questions yeah yeah that was all four man we're good i guess that's our show so remember that you can contact us on social media as we said um, and we love to answer questions, give you book recommendations, even if we don't have a show coming up, a book rec show. Um, and don't forget our Goodreads group, and please join the discussion. So far, Autumn and I's comments are sitting there lonely. They're so um, sad. I know. Very sad. So please go and talk about Hermione. And it is a safe place. Yes. You Feel free to disagree with us at any time. We do not believe we have all the answers. We're always learning, looking for new opinions, new perspectives. That's part of the reason we started this podcast. So we are always open for a hearty discussion about anything, actually. Yeah, we promise to be nice and still yeah. love you afterward. We're, we will be so nice. I will make you cookies, even if I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to join us next month when we will be talking about Southern literature, which is my favorite. And I will talk about it so much. Maybe I'll get to talk about how I went to Andalusia, and it'll just be great. And we will talk about Southern books and great Southern women writers. And in the meantime, you can find me, Autumn Privet, on Twitter, Instagram, Litzy. And and you can also find Kendra at KD Winchester on Twitter, Instagram, Litzy, Goodreads. All the places too. And thanks for listening to the Reading Woman podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.